0: What's up? It's your girl, Kina Zantel, and this is Citizen the Pod. Thank you so much for listening in. I have quite a few episodes posted. You can find this podcast on Anchor and on anywhere else you can find a podcast or listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. I'm there, folks. So, again, thank you again for listening to citizen, the pod. I'm going to jump right into things. On today's show, we're going to get into the thick of some things, okay? This conversation might be a little heavy, but I'm hopeful that we're going to have a good time. So on today's show, I'm going to be talking to my homie, one of the (laughs) smartest people I know. I say this about like every single one of my guests, but they're all, they're incredible. And this one just happened to be like, the incredible list okay so i want to introduce my girl nicole what's up hey what's up Kina? nothing much man you know you know just working getting some things done um we're going to talk about ethics and politics so let's give the people a little bit about your background and what you're up to these days
1: sure well i am uh, a professor um and Grants Manager now uh, working at Madai College uh, where I teach in the Interdisciplinary Studies Department. So I have the privilege of uh, teaching philosophy and English and general education courses, critical thinking, things like that. Um, But I also have a political background uh, where I did work on President Obama's 2012 campaign and his inauguration, as well as some other local races prior to that. So it's interesting to always see where I have intersections between the philosophy and my academic research mm-hmm. that I'm working on and my political interests in seeing them applied to the world today
0: right right see
1: i told y'all we was gonna get a little deep i got a whole
0: like (laughs) philosophy person on this call so this is like lit so let's jump into like the craziness of ethics and politics and right now it seems that we really just ain't got none so you know i'm i decided to just like google what is you know political ethics and it came back with this like crazy definition so it said political ethics is the practice of making moral judgments about political action and political agents which i found to be interesting um and then it says it covers two areas so i guess you know it has to be it's that complicated that it talks about just way too many things the first is at the ethics of process which deals with public officials and the methods they use. And the second area is the ethics of policy concerns, judgments about policies and laws. And what's interesting, after reading that out loud, I feel like we're kind of like battling with both of those in both of those areas right now. Um, so, you know, I'm going to talk about, you know, recently we've seen... Some and this, you know, what this isn't new. He isn't the first one. I think it's the first one in my own backyard that I've, you know, on a federal level, I've seen like catch an indictment because this has happened. I mean, in other mm-hmm. places, but um, it's happened in other places. But Congressman Collins, who, you know, before being a congressman kind of outside of Buffalo. You know, he was a mover and shaker in Western New York. I'm from Western. I'm from Buffalo. I'm from Western New York. And Joe. so to, to see him on the news being indicted for basically insider trading, like the same thing Martha Stewart went down for is crazy to me. Like the fact that he didn't think his actions weren't going to warrant a federal investigation when you basically called your son. Five minutes after receiving an email (laughs) that said, oh, the company that you and your family invested in is about to tank," He didn't think that this was an issue. Like, they have him on camera on the White House lawn making these phone calls five minutes after the email was sent. I mean, like, uh, what do you have to (laughs) say about this? (laughs) Right. Well,
1: I don't know it begs the question, is it a matter of ethics or really a matter of him just being a narcissist? But uh, Mm -hmm. I can't really clinically diagnose him as that. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, Yeah, I think that when people right, and in this case, when a man gets into a position of power, they assume a certain privilege, right? And, And I talk about white privilege all the time in my classes. And Everyone likes to say that's a dirty word, especially, I think, in politics, right? We, mm-hmm. we get tired of hearing it, right? The, this was uh, the whole past 2016 election was like the revenge of like, you know, white men feeling oppressed. Um, but you are in a position of privilege. And I think that when, you know, someone like Chris Collins thinks he goes so far and, and you are wrapped up in power, Um, and money and you think that you're above the law, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Because you're making the law. And if you're making the law, um, then you couldn't possibly be guilty of of breaking it, right? Mm -hmm. Or or anything else. Uh, so it it really is, I think (laughs) it just speaks to privilege more than anything else. That you you get into these positions and you forget about what you're supposed to be doing, right? You forget about you're acting in the interest of the people you're, you forget about acting ethically or morally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you think that everyone else should, but you're exempt right? somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really where the problem is, right? And that's, I talk to my students all the time um, about, and this is where I'll get a little heady about, you know, there's a German philosopher, Immanuel Kant, uh, who's around and uh, in in like the 1700s and uh, I'm not a Kantian so I can't get the exact dates but I teach the Kantian Categorical Imperative which is basically this law that says I act in such a way that I want my actions to become a universal law so I want I act in a way that I want everyone else to act so that it becomes universal right we all act that same way so if I you know, throw my trash out my car window, then I have to assume that it's okay for everyone else to do it, right? exactly. So, um, so this forces us to be a little bit more moral, right? And carefully consider our actions and use reason to think that I can't act in these questionable ways. Otherwise, if you know, if I'm Chris Collins and I'm using this, then hey, if I can do insert I, insider trading, then certainly everyone else can, right. And then, where really would we be, right? right? Then know anything, so uh, that's where it comes into right. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. privilege and power, and not really thinking about anyone else but ourselves. And it's a very egoistic driven mentality where it's just about me, me, me. And then, you know, who suffers? But the, you know, everyone else, The, right. the little guy, the middle class. Mm-hmm. And so, it's just funny to me that you know. After the,
0: you know, the FBI and the prosecutor go on TV and legitimately like lay out everything that he did wrong, the fact that he would get on TV again and address his supporters and say, well, they're not wrong and I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay in the fight. Like he's, he has decided since then to back out of the race. And, the, you know, the Republican Party is looking for a new candidate or someone to, you know, to take its place. But it's like, really? Like, I know people who get, you know, who get charges placed against them every day. Okay. And they do not have the luxury of going on TV and telling the whole world, it's not me that broke the law. Like, the prosecutor is wrong. Like, the prosecutor is lying, even though they took their time to legitimately lay out their entire case in front of the whole world. Like he didn't say, you know, I need to, I need to look at the evidence they have against me, my family and my lawyer, you know, we're we're looking into the facts of this case. I'm going to try my hardest to exonerate myself. I apologize to the hardworking men and women who have supported me over the years and who entrusted me, you know, with this position and, and, you know, and I'm going to move forward in a way that makes you all proud. No, that's not what he said. He took a page out of Crazy 45's book and decided that, no, nope, I'm above this. And it it's, this is, ignore this because, hey, it's not, they're not telling the truth. I'm, I'm going to clear my name. And it's just like, dude, you know, it's, you're, you're right. Like, it's the privilege of being able to do that because I don't know no criminal who's been able to go on TV, except for the president, well, 45, and say, hey, law enforcement's wrong. And this is the law and order party. Like, what happened to the moral
1: right? What happened to these people? Right, right. And it it creates, there is this sense of creating mistrust of the law, of law enforcement when it comes to certain cases, right? We should we should trust the police when we see some of these shootings, uh, particularly of African American men, right. right and people of color, that the police were doing their job, they're not at fault. Of course they you know they had their best judgment. but we shouldn't trust them when they're investigating crimes of corruption, right, right? So you can't really have it both ways. That doesn't really make sense um, at all. And there is now this culture of alternative facts and fake news. Um, And this is why, for my students, uh, critical thinking, and this is important for all Americans, critical thinking is so important to not just read the headline, to really check where your news source is coming from, um, to not just think that a social media post, you know, is good enough, right, to really find credible facts look for things. And that requires a little bit of thinking. It requires a little bit of work and you know what, that's okay. Maybe it's time that we have to work for it a little bit, not just listen to thirty-second sound bites or 12 word answers. Um, and, and really start to question, um, you know, when you hear someone spouting that, you know, that the, the world is flat, the world is flat. Well, just because you say it 50 times doesn't make it true. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And not everyone is a liar but you. When every, when you have a consensus, it's like the global warming climate change debate. It's not, you know, uh, a consensus of small amount of scientists. It's the almost everybody except a few who are holding on to the fact that, you know, climate change isn't real. Well, I have to go with the, the scientific community that has almost everyone on board, right? So it's it's forcing us to think have to think a little bit and work a little bit harder because we've just fallen into complacency a little bit of like you know oh if i just you know see it on facebook it's got to be true right the internet has to be true wikipedia has to be true mm-hmm. and it's not no um so and you know this is this requires us to to challenge that And to say, wait a minute, it doesn't make sense. On the one hand, we should support, you know, the police. And then at the same time, on the other hand, no, we can't trust the FBI. Well, what is it? Mm
0: -hmm. Right, right.
1: And then, you know, it's like this
0: leads right into the conversation of like, or, you know, of the phrase, a culture of corruption, like Mm -hmm. 45 Kept telling folks, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to drain the swamp. Well, it looks like his first supporter in Congress and his number two supporter, um, Duncan Hunter, decided that they were going to get even swamp. Well, he had already been in the swamp already because he was recently indicted right. for, you know, for fraudulently, you know, reporting his his campaign expenses like he was writing you know trips off family trips to Italy golf balls that he was buying to go golf he said he were bu- he was buying for veterans and he's a veteran so that makes him even sicker because right. in all people you should understand that the work that's being done for veterans is critical It's su- it's needed they need all the support we can get but you were willing to lie. And as a veteran, you were willing to lie and use veterans in order to help yourself to, to, to profit and gain personally. I mean, it's disgusting. Like, we have campaign finance laws for a reason. And, you know, right. again, this is another, you know, high and mighty Republican, GOP, like I said, the party of law and order, who's deciding it's okay to do this and tried to throw his wife under the bus at that
1: right right that's my favorite part about this whole story is that you have hunter saying oh well my wife manages this it's it's her so not only do we have right power and privilege but then we we bring in a little bit of gender politics to it where no it wasn't me it was her Mm -hmm. it's her fault right and the truth is, it's probably both of their faults. I'm sure they're they're in it together. Yes. It's not one or the other, but uh, it will be interesting if she's going to, con- you know, if she's going to continue to let him throw her under the bus right. and, and take one for the team, because this isn't, he was caught having an affair with an intern. Right. And he's going to stand by him. This is her taking the, on the blame that she's mismanaging money and illegally spending campaign contributions. Right. But, Yes, you're right. The the lying about veterans is is the worst. Yes. Right? It's even worse than than some of these other charges because when you want to be the poster child for helping veterans and drawing attention and you yourself are a veteran, he did fight. Mm-hmm. I believe he did three tours. He was in Fallujah and then to go and betray your, you know, brothers and sisters in arms is just kind of a new level of the grotesque, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's just—if that's not hypocrisy in its truest form, I don't know what is. Right. And, you know, it, it just—I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, I don't know either. And like, and you know, uh,
0: uh, we've been in politics, so the there there was a way for him to address this that would not have made him a douchebag. Like one. Look, if they've got the proof out there, you could always say, "I apologize. I let some things slip under the radar. Yeah, I may not, you know, pay attention to my financial filings all the time because I'm not the treasurer, but you know, I understand that I do get donations from hardworking men and women, so you know, it. it I, you know, I do apologize. I, you know, I apologize, and we're gonna let the case run its course, and I'm gonna do everything I can to, again, to to exonerate myself, but, you know, it, that wasn't the approach he took. And it's just like, you are willing, you know, if this is, you know, this is also supposed to be the party party. of family values. So as a man, why would you want your wife to go to jail? Why would the both of you go to jail when you have children? Like, why wouldn't you take the buck for your wife? Like as a man, why wouldn't you, you know why because this is what they claim see these are the gender role these are the, the gender role society put on us and this this party decides that they want to move and shake in that area so step up like my wife had nothing to do with this like she did everything you know she did everything I wanted her to do, I wanted her to do or whatever because both of us should not go to jail because we have children like and wow. you just go they just go on Fox News and say whatever <laughs> they go on parties and say whatever, and then he did try to blame this on the Democrats. Like this is the Democrats' Department of Justice. No, everyone at the top has been chosen by forty-five. Like cut the right. crap.
1: You can Google this. Right, right, right. Yeah, the the refusal to take responsibility, the mm-hmm. refusal to apologize. Um, it, it, it's it is mined. It's mind baffling. And and this, it's spin, right? To displace who the blame is. Mm -hmm. It's the wife, it's the Democrats, it's the faulty justice system. You know,
0: it's,
1: it's, but it's so convenient. And that's what bothers me most when they criticize the criminal justice system because there are flaws in our criminal justice system for poor people, for people of color. And yet, you know, when it comes to those things, we're not, no, it's fine. You know, we don't need criminal justice reform, but when it comes to oh, I'm indicted for, you know, being, you know, doing bad things, whether it's insider trading or, or illegally spending campaign funds, then oh, you know, then it's corrupt because it's targeting you, the the man in power. It, it just it goes beyond. Yeah. Um, and, and what does it say about society when we have leaders who can't ever admit wrongdoing, who can't take ownership and apologize for when things go wrong, um, even if it doesn't change their circumstance. But I mean, to not take personal responsibility or accountability, right. uh, I mean, that is unethical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly troublesome. It's certainly worrisome. Um, That this is what's happening. Yeah. And this like this brand
0: of crazy is literally like, you know, leadership and principles, quality leadership is a principle that most people say, you know, resonates from the from the top down. And I mean, we have so many examples of this administration's, you know, staff being thrown out on their rear ends because they've made unethical decisions. I mean, we've got Pruitt in a phone booth. We've got Price and $30,000 trips to watch an eclipse. I mean, we have a lawyer who decided to plead guilty to campaign finance violations and say that he was directed by 45 to do it. You know, we've got bank fraud. I mean, when did America decide to throw away our traditional standards and leadership?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that we look for easy answers. I think, you know, we see charismatic people, charismatic Mm -hmm. leaders, right? And it's very easy when someone's on TV saying, look, I can fix all your problems. I know who's to blame for your problems. um, And I have all the solutions and they're very very simple and they're very easy and i'm going to take you back to an easier time and i think it's it, it just is easy for us as citizens to say well yeah of course right like we buy into this that oh okay like here we go someone has the simple easy answer that we don't really have to think or we don't have to work for it and i and that's what's happened and then you start to get into it and you're like oh wait what? What's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always, this is where, again, critical thinking comes in, where you need to question people's motives. You need to question where they're getting their facts from. You need to question if anyone says that they have an easy solution to a big problem, then that's the first sign that they may not have a clue of what they're talking about or are trying to slip something in uh that's not exactly transparent because right. there are no easy answers mm-hmm. in life, right? No. Our our politics and our our you know democracy is complicated. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. And there are no truly even right or wrong answers. There are shades of gray everywhere. Um and that's just the way it is right there it is a complicated system it begs questioning it begs us to think about things to have discussion to have discourse which we don't want to have because it's either you know you're this side or you're that side you're democrat or you're republican you're right or you're left and Mm -hmm. and you don't want to hear the other side and you know sometimes it's not about being persuaded but where can we find our common ground right right where can we do this and i think even this week with john mccain's funeral and his passing which is you know is a loss for american politics to see how people from both parties came together and and talked about that right like Mm -hmm. being open to the other i can sit and listen to someone who has the exact opposite views It's sometimes helpful to hear where they're coming from. I don't have to agree with them, but I certainly should make an effort to understand that. Um, And that allows discourse, that allows discussion, and that allows us to move the debate forward and to make progress and find those commonalities. And I think that's just what we're lacking in leadership right now. And it's a shame because, you know, while I did not agree with much if you know very little with John McCain I respected his service and I respected his ability to you know be open and at least listen to different opinions and I just think that that's not happening and I hope that that we return to that soon
0: yeah you know he he wasn't always perfect um, right. but unlike other Republicans he's always been able to say you know i i took a vote that one time and it what wa- yeah. it was it was a dumb move it, it, right. I, you know if i can go back i would not have voted the same way you know All uh, right? you know it is it just is that that the idea of just like decorum and just really being a real person in the eyes of like your constituents and and and, and people of the world like instead of being this thing that doesn't change that has these beliefs, that's just a bull about it. He, he just, he, he knew how to work across the aisle. It's crazy that, like, his his friends, like, when people read off who John McCain's friends were, they, they're going to say, like, Senator Kennedy and, you know, Vice President Joe Biden right. and, Li- and Joe Lieberman. And these were two serious Democrats and an independent. But he also had, you know, his... He had Lindsey Graham, too. So right. he surrounded himself with different ideologies and took the time to get to know them. And, and they would fight all the times about things that they had issues with. But this man, he was able to bring about campaign finance reform because of his own situation. Like when his own integrity was called into question, not only did he exonerate himself, they found that he didn't do anything unethical. But after that, he was like, these are issues in the system and in the way we do business in D.C. that could put any politician in the same position that I was in. And if we're going to have, if we're going to see real change ethically, we need to make sure that we're we're not corruptible. Like, that is not what the framers of our Constitution wanted out of those who are going to be serving the people of this country. And he... You know, he he did his thing, man. He definitely did his thing. Rest in peace, John McCain. Um, But let's talk a little bit about just, you know, this idea of draining the swamp. I feel like this should be like a phrase that the Democratic Party needs to embrace because we really, well, and it's really hard for them too, though, because let's not get it
1: twisted. (laughs) The Democrats aren't perfect. Right, right. Well, draining the swamp, I think both parties should be afraid because most of them might be gone, right? <laughs> um, but you know,
0: okay, it may be needed.
1: It it may be needed. Um, it it, it definitely does. It makes me think of, uh, you know, I'm teaching Plato's Republic, and uh, with a, in one of my classes, and we're just getting into it. So, but uh, you get the idea of the philosopher king where he expo- he expels all the poets, and um, you know, Plato's really about finding a virtuous and good ethical leader Mm -hmm. who has the best interests of himself but or herself and and their subjects so i don't know draining the swamp right would be a lot like this but um you know are we going to have people who are going to not take contributions not not meet with lobbyists not take money from special interest groups like mm-hmm. yes i think we need to do that but you're right i think that we can look at the republicans and we can certainly look um at people in this administration but we also have to take a hard long look and be a little self-reflexive with ourselves and say you know where do we need to work on it and our own party because it, it has to happen for both right and i think yes the swamp does need to be drained we need to have leaders who are in there um who are going to be doing their jobs and not what in what's right for the people and not what's right for their pockets mm-hmm. but i don't know if that's a little bit naive right <laughs> to exactly be quite honest, that's what scares me the most mm-hmm. so i hope though that they're will come this time and that we can do that I I really do well thank you so much Nicole for you know having this
0: conversation with me we can probably talk about this for another three more three to five more days or hours whichever one you pick but I, I you know just thanks because I just think that we need to be mindful of this topic like You know, there's going to be a lot of buzzwords, like flashy hashtags that are going to come around between now and the midterms elections in November. And, you know, like you said, people, you've got to see things. You've got to take the time to do your own due diligence, like because the truth is not the truth these days. (laughs) And depending on where you get it from, you can get something that is totally on the other side of nutsville so we've got to do our we've got to do our job in this thing so if the people wanted to hear more from you and philosophy i don't even know if you're a philosopher on your social media but is there anywhere folks can hear more from you are you on twitter
1: um i am on twitter and i have joined with a lot of female academics around the world is dr nicole m Jousy. um you can certainly find me there you can find me on Facebook. Um, my social media presence, though, is not as glorious as it probably should be, because I am just a dork about philosophy and, <laughs> and writing about, um, about Heidegger and Harry Potter these days. But yes, they can, they can find me there and, you know, drop me a message, drop me a line, and uh, I'd be more than happy to continue the conversation.
0: Listen, we love the dorks. <laughs> okay, it's the dorks that keep us afloat, like that keep us keep us moving. All right. Um, folks, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank my listeners for listening to all of my podcasts. Again, you can find us everywhere. You can find me, Kina Zantel, at the Surge 2018 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter at citizen the pod you know the deal you know what i'm gonna say if you're not registered to vote you need to get registered If we can send 100 men to war we can send 100 men to vote this midterm election coming up is important everything is on the line we need checks and balances honey congress isn't doing their job so we have to do it for them all right so midterms are important and again thank you for listening to citizen the pod